Hello, and thank you for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If you enjoy this message, we invite you to check out River of Life live this Sunday at 10.30 a.m. in Crawfordville. Visit riveroflifefl.com for service times and directions. That's riveroflifefl.com. Now, let's join Senior Pastor Henry Jones as he teaches from the Word of God. Wow, it is good to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Amen. Can you think of a better way to start the new year? Amen. This, is, this is absolutely awesome. And I have some exciting things to share with you this morning. But first of all, I need to make a correction before I preach. Um, I made a statement uh, in my last message a couple weeks ago that was incorrect. I said the Bible does not tell us to pray for lost people. That is incorrect. Uh, uh, to say it that way. And I do stand corrected. Uh, the Bible does tell us to pray for our enemies and for those who are against us. In fact, the Bible teaches us to pray for the whole world. What I meant to say and should have said is this. The emphasis in the New Testament is for us to pray for one another, to pray for laborers to go into the harvest, to pray for boldness and the anointing of the Lord to be on God's children, on us, on the church, so we can reach the lost. That's what I should have said. I may be your pastor, but the Bible is the full and final authority for your life. And uh, for those of you, and I'm making a reference to a couple of members of my family who have uh, insinuated that I've never admitted I was wrong about anything. <laughs> we now have witnesses in the house. <laughs> and I do want to say, I had three different people talk to me about this, and, and I'm, I'm sincere from the bottom of my heart. Thank you. Thank you. We grow together, don't we? And nobody's perfect, and nobody has everything figured out. And even as your pastor, and this is a job I take seriously, but even as your pastor, I can make mistakes. If you hear me say something publicly that does not line up with God's Word, I will embrace you. You come share it with me, and I'll make, I'll make it right. And so, uh, amen. Amen. <clears throat> this morning, I want to talk to you about setting a New Year's resolution. And, and I know some people throw up red flags right there. Um, some people just don't even like the terminology, setting a New Year's resolution. And, and if you don't, that's okay. I'm kind of in that camp myself. But what we can do is we can change the wording just a little bit to be a little more biblical, um, if you please. For instance... Uh, rather than say a New Year's resolution, uh, what you could say is, I purpose in my heart. This year, 2017, I purpose in my heart that I will, I will move in this direction for the glory of God and because the Holy Spirit is leading me. That would be a good thing to say. Or how about this? I devote myself. The Holy Spirit has spoken to my heart and I devote myself to move in this direction, to try to accomplish this, or to try to do this for the glory of God. Maybe even knowing I can't do it on my own, but I'm devoted to doing it, believing that this lines up with God's Word and the Holy Spirit will help me do it. That's a good word. In fact, here's a scripture, Acts 2.42. 2 
says, and they devoted themselves. Now, I just love that word, don't you? They devoted themselves. It wasn't a New Year's resolution, but I want to tell you, the early church had made a commitment. They had purposed in their hearts. They had decided to devote themselves to something very important. Uh, Let's continue to read. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. What is that? The Word of God. The apostles' teachings. That's the Word of God. God inspired holy men of God to write the Word. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and the fellowship to the breaking of bread. What is that? They were committed to the Word of God and they devoted themselves to the body of Christ, to the fellowship of the saints, to the worship, to the teaching, to the ministry that takes place when the body comes together to fellowshipping with one another, to eating together, celebrating the Lord's Supper, celebrating the death, burial, resurrection, and return of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were devoted to fellowship, devoted to the Word of God, devoted to fellowship. And then the last word says, ah, and the prayers. They devoted themselves to three things. Man, can you imagine what a year you would have, I would have, this church would have, if we just devoted ourselves, if we made a commitment to the Lord, if we purposed in our hearts, if this became our goal, was that we will devote ourselves to the Word of God, to the fellowship of this church, building up the fellowship of this church, and we will devote ourselves to prayer. Now, if you go back and read Acts 2.42, you'll find out some explosive and dynamic and miraculous things took place because the church devoted themselves to these three things. So, you may want to change the word resolution if you don't like it. I like words like I purpose in my heart or I make a commitment or I devote myself uh, or, or maybe I aspire Uh, This is my aspiration. Um, You you see, a resolution may not be necessary in your life. But for us to have aspirations, for us to have Holy Spirit-led dreams and visions of what God wants to do in our lives and in our church, that is very, very important, isn't it? And that's something we certainly, we need to do. The Bible says where there is no vision, the people perish. Let me give you an Old Testament scripture, Psalm 116 Uh, verse 9, and then I think it's 12 through 14. Here's what the psalmist said, I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Now he's he's, he's making a commitment, isn't he? He's purposing something in his heart. He's devoting himself to something. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 12, what shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? Isn't that an awesome question? Shouldn't we everyone be... Asking that question, what shall I render to the Lord? What shall I give to the Lord? What shall I do to the Lord for all His benefits toward me? He answers that question, and I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all His people. Man, that's that's just a great passage of Scripture. The psalmist is saying, I've made up my mind, and I want everybody to know it. I'm going after God. Now, that's a, that's a commitment. That's a devotion. Now, let me ask you a question. Why is this important? That from time to time we do exactly what the psalmist did, exactly what the early church did. Why, why is that important? 
The answer is, is, is real simple, and you, you and I will be able to relate to this, and that is because many times in our Christian lives, we have a tendency to get stuck. We have a tendency to begin to slow down. We have a tendency to get stuck in our spiritual growth. We start out great. We start out great guns, don't we? But then things get slower and, and they begin to slow down and then sometimes we stop and then sometimes we get stuck and we don't know where to go from there. And I'm not talking about some of us, I'm talking about all of us. And by the way, there's a very real enemy out there who's warring against you, your spiritual growth, your spiritual life, and the plan God has for your life. He is waging war against you, and if you're not careful, you'll begin to slow down in your growth, you'll stop, and you'll get stuck. And if you're not careful, you'll stay right there for a long time. And what a tragedy that is. Show of hands, how many of you have ever seen the movie Groundhog Day? Hold your hand up. Man, if you have not seen this movie, you have got to watch this movie. This is like, this is like a great movie. Groundhog Day is about a self-absorbed news reporter, Phil Connors is his name, who finds himself stuck in an endless repeat of the same day, Groundhog Day, in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. Say Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania three times real fast. No, I'm teasing no matter what he does, every morning he wakes up at 6 a.m. and it's the same day, Groundhog Day. The plot of the movie is very simple. Phil realizes he is doomed to live the same day over and over and over and over again. One of my favorite lines in the movie, Phil is talking to Ralph and he says, what would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same, and nothing that you did mattered. Ralph responds, that about sums it up for me. Now, listen to this. In 2006, I could not believe this. I went back and checked again this morning to make sure that I got this right. In 2006, the film was added to the United States National Film registry as being deemed culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. Now think about that. If you take this movie of this guy in a rut, living the same day over and over and over again, and you say this movie is culturally relevant to what's going on in America, then basically what they were saying is America has become stagnant, stale, stuck, just going through the same motions. A nation that once was growing and vibrant and going somewhere and doing something for the glory of God. A nation that was unashamed to say, in God we trust. A nation that would sing songs of liberty and victory and power and glory from above. And founders who would say that as long as God is with us, it's okay. All oh, the quotes are, are many. But to say that this film is culturally relevant means that America is stuck. Well, you can form your own opinion about that. But here's what I believe. I believe millions of Christians across America 
are just stuck. I'm not talking about people who were out in the world backslidden and turning back into sin. I'm talking about Christians just like you, just like me. People who love the Lord and they love their church and they want to see things happening in America and, and they want something to happen, but, but they're stuck. I believe millions of Christians are stuck and I believe many here at River of Life are stuck. And I'm talking about people who love me, people who love you, people who love this church, people who feel like Jesus has saved them, changed their lives, but they're stuck. They're not growing in their Bible study. They're not growing in their prayer life. They're not growing in their ministry. They're not growing in the things of God. And they're stuck. And they want to grow. They, they want to mature in the faith. But I honestly believe many here at our own church are stuck. Now, I base that on some actual figures. Let me share this with you. This last year, isn't that strange, isn't it? You know, way back there in 2016... This last year, now I'm about to give you some great news and some sad news. This last year, we baptized 97 people who testified that Jesus Christ had saved their souls. Who said, I'm ready for a change. I'm ready to know Jesus. I want to be baptized, signifying death and burial to an old way of life and resurrection to a new way of life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ninety-seven people, but here's what I want you to understand. Our attendance in this church did not increase, not even by one. Our average attendance is exactly the same as it was in 2015. Now friends, what that means is, while 97 people were coming in the front door, 97 people were going out the back door. Not 97 mean-spirited, rebellious people who were upset with the church. More than likely, 97 people who really wanted to serve God and really wanted something to happen in their lives, but they got stuck. And they couldn't get unstuck. And, and so what we need to do is, and this is the commitment, this is where we're going, this is what your staff is all about, your board is all about. We think it's ready. This may not be the most profound statement you've ever heard, but we think it's ready to get unstuck. We think it's ready to get unstuck. We, we think it's ready to take those who are coming into the church through professions of faith, salvation, and baptism... And help them start growing in grace. I mean immediately, immediately to help them grow in grace. And we think it's important that we take those who have been in the church a long time, but seem to be slowing down, seem to being stuck in their faith, to help them to get activated again, to start growing, to start maturing, to, to, to get unstuck and to get excited about their faith. Now, Here's, uh, here's where we're going. So, you, I, by the way, this crowd is so much larger than I thought it would be today. This is so much larger. I had no idea we'd have this many people here. I really thought there would be like 50 or 100 people here because everybody would be sleeping in. And, and, and I was just going to share some secrets with you and we'd know something the rest of the church didn't know. 
And that was kind of what I had in mind. But this is a big crowd, and I'm, I'm proud of that. But here's where we're going. This is exciting. This is thrilling. We want to lead this church quickly, quickly. I can't tell you. This won't be slow. This will be quickly. We want to lead this church to what we're calling a clear pathway to spiritual maturity. A clear pathway to spiritual maturity. Say it with me. A clear pathway to spiritual maturity. You see, the fact is, if somebody joins our church today, and they walk up to you after the service and say, I gave my heart to Jesus and I got saved today, now I'm ready to grow in grace, I'm ready for my, my life to count, will you please tell me what I need to do? I'm confident you'd probably tell them something and it would probably be right. But it wouldn't be what I'd tell them, and it wouldn't be what somebody else would tell them. And they'd get all kinds of different signals, and it would not be a clear pathway to spiritual growth. But I want to tell you, one of the things we want to do is we want to lead this church to a point where you and I and everybody in this church, we see it, we get it, a clear pathway to spiritual growth, where we're telling everybody the same thing, and we have a plan, we have a pathway and, and so, what we will be encouraging everybody in this church to do, listen up now, we're going to be encouraging everybody in this church, we'll be saying this over and over, you'll see posters around the church, you'll see it on our material, it's time to take the next step. By the way, friends, I don't care where you are in your Christian life, it's time to take the next step. God didn't save you. Go ahead. I, we've got one person who wants to clap. Go ahead. <clears throat> God didn't save you so you could uh, sit, soak, and sour. He saved you so you could be on fire for Him, so you could keep growing, that you could keep maturing. The Bible says that God gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, until we all come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. If you have reached the place where you look just like Jesus in everything you do and say, then you can stop growing. But for the rest of us, it's time to take the next step. It is time to take the next step. Now, now I'll give you some nuts and bolts of how it will happen. And that is, Wednesday nights will begin to change radically around here. And I'm talking one week. This coming Wednesday night will be the last Wednesday night that things are just like they are right now. Wednesday night will be changed radically. It will become diversified. Now, for those of you who are joining us in the worship center uh, for the prayer ministry, the prayer warriors, those who feel like God has called them into a prayer ministry, that will not change. We will continue to have prayer meeting on Wednesday night right here in the worship center. And we will pray together. And that's going to be exciting. And we're not going to change that. But the youth will still be meeting. Chuck will be meeting with the youth. We'll have children's programs going on. But one of the things that we will do is on Wednesday nights, we'll begin a full-fledged discipleship program, a clear pathway to spiritual growth. I promise you, somebody is sitting in this congregation right now who's saying, I know I want Jesus in my life. I know I don't want my life to stay in this condition. I am stuck. 
I want to start growing in grace. Somebody please tell me what I need to do. All the spiritual leaders tell me what I need to do. That's what this is all about. The first thing that we're going to do, and this will begin on January the 11th, and that's a Wednesday night. That's Wednesday night week, January the 11th. And it'll be called Discovering Membership. And what's going to happen is, is people are going to, when they join on, on Sunday mornings, then we're going to invite them right there to be back on Wednesday night and to go into a four-week class on Discovering Membership. Do you know what, one of the first things we're going to do in that class? Is we're going to make sure, the Bible says give all diligence to make your calling and election sure. We want to make sure you didn't just walk down the aisle. It wasn't just an emotional experience, but you actually repented of your sins. You cried out to the Lord Jesus Christ. He came into your heart. He saved your soul. Let's make sure they got saved. And then let's teach them, like I say, this will be a four-week class that will keep cycling. Uh, then let's, let's teach them what it means to be a part of the body of Christ. What does it mean to be a member of the church? We have members of River of Life Church who feel no sense of obligation and responsibility to get involved in the body of Christ. To be committed. And we want to teach these new people to come in. We, we, we don't want them to come in, join the church, and then sit down and a year later leave. So this will be called Discovering Membership. It begins on January the 11th. By the way, when people join, we have a little card we want to give them. Let me just show you this very quickly. It's time to take the next step, a clear pathway to spiritual maturity. On the back side of that card, it's going to say, we want to meet with you Wednesday night. We have some material we want to show you. And by the way, this will be a full class. This will be a syllabus-driven class. It's a, I, Brother Bill, what is it, about 41, 42 pages syllabus. It has every scripture, every truth, everything that will be taught in that class will be in your hands. You'll have a paper copy. If you want a digital copy, we'll send that to you. And you're going to begin to take the first step in growing in grace, the pathway to spiritual maturity. And that's going to be available. Is, will everybody respond to this? Will everybody show back up on Wednesday night? No! But it'll be a thousand times better than what we're doing right now. It's a step in the right direction. So we're going to, we're going to teach these new members. We'll give them a card. By the way, if you'll come up and join, I've already had one person tell me I'm joining the church this morning. We're going to put this card in your hand so you're going to get one that looks just like that. And to remind you. And, and then four weeks later, after we begin that, we're going to start a class called Discovering Maturity. This will be on February the 8th. And in this class, and by the way, Brother Bill's going to teach that first class on discovering membership on the, when we begin on February the 8th, I will teach that class. I'll go at least four weeks that I won't be in here with the prayer ministry. Somebody else will be leading that. One of the other pastors will be leading that. And for that first four weeks of, of discovering maturity, I'm going to teach you four things that are absolutely positively essential for spiritual growth. You cannot eliminate any one of them if you want to grow in grace. You have to be committed to the Word of God. You have to be committed to prayer. You have to be completely sold out to the Lord. By the way, we may not like this in our day and time, but Jesus said, He that will not give up everything and follow me cannot be my disciple. Oh, let, let me tell you something, friends. Some of you have been worried about tithing. Forget about tithing. God wants 
It all belongs to Him. By the way, when He has 100%, tithing won't be difficult at all. So, we're going to teach that. The fourth thing is the, the commitment to the body of Christ. That you have, to, you have to be devoted to the Word of God, devoted to prayer, you have to be sold out to the Lord, and you have to be committed to the body of Christ, helping the body of Christ. And this class is just called Discovering Maturity. And then approximately three to four weeks after that, We'll have another ministry, another class. It'll, these will be four-week revolving classes, discovering ministry. By the way, now this, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I do think this kind of confession is good for us. How many of you would raise your hand this morning and say, I know I'm saved, I know I love Jesus, I want to grow in grace, but I'm really not sure what my ministry is. Hold your hand up. Yes. Yeah. That's a lot of hands in the building right there. I, I want to know what my ministry is. And so we're going to have a four-week class teaching you on how uh, to discover what your ministry is. By the way, the Bible says, As every man hath received the gift, even so minister one to another according to the manifold grace of God. The Bible says every person who gets born again, every person who comes to know Christ has a gift. Do you know what your gift is? Do you know what your, your talent is? Do you know what you have to offer the body of Christ? Don't say, well, I don't have anything. Because you'd be contradicting the Bible. You do have something. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister one to another according to the manifold grace of God. Now, the next thing we will do, there's one more class that we'll put here, and that is discovering mission. What's your mission? What's your mission in life? Now, I need to make a distinction here. You think, well, ministry and mission, are they the same? No, they're not. For instance, Lori White is one of my favorite singers. I've, I, I mean, as far back as I can remember, I've, I've loved to hear Lori sing. That's a gift, isn't it? If you're like me, you wish you could sing like she sings. That, that's a gift. And she ministers, by the way, there are many who have this gift in our church, but she sings all the time, special music. She gets up and ministers through, through song, and it is absolutely wonderful. That is her gift, that is her contribution. That's how she's blessing the body of Christ. But that's not her mission in life. That's just what she uses to bless the church and bless the body of Christ. That's a gift that God is using through her. Ryan Peck plays the guitar, sings, leads. Priscilla, we have many others up here. And those are gifts, but that's not God's will. That's not God's mission it may be included, but that's not God's mission for their life. Do you know what God's will is for your life? Do you know what your objective is? Can you imagine coming to the place in your life where you say, I know who I am. I'm growing in grace. I know what my gifts are and how I should be using those gifts to edify the body of Christ. But above that, I know God's will for my life. I see the big picture now. I know what God wants me to do. I can't tell you of a question I hear more often than this one. Pastor, I want to know what God's will is for my life. We're going to spend, we're going to have a four week class. And we're going to teach you how to discover God's will for your class. Now, by the way, if you're thinking, boy, what did our pastor do? Did he swallow a smart pill and come up with all of this in, in, a, in a short time? And the answer to that is no. But we've gone all over this nation. We've studied 
uh, at least on the internet we have. We've looked for churches that are exploding. We're, 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 we've looked for churches that are growing. And what we found is they all use some pathway, some clear pathway of spiritual growth where they take new members and old members and they teach the fundamental principles of the faith. Brother Al Terrell was in a church, he and his wife, that did almost the same thing we're doing here. And uh, a couple things that we haven't thought about, he's sharing with me right now. But he said that church just exploded and people just started coming. I, wouldn't you like to see explosive growth? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you like to see you have to give up your seat one Sunday morning? Because so many people are coming in? I'm, I'm telling you. Uh, so, discovering membership, discovering maturity, discovering ministry, discovering mission. And then beyond that, we're going to stay on this discovery thing for a long, long time. For instance, it's discovering God's plan for your finances. Can I get an amen right here? Financial Peace University. I don't know, we've done it over and over. How many times have you led it? Four times. We're getting ready to crank it up again. Financial Peace University. Do you know what God's will is? Have you discovered God's plan for your finances? We'll be teaching that. How about this? Discovering soul winning. We just entitled this Sharing Your Faith. This will be a four week, not Wednesday night, but Sunday morning class. And it begins on January the 15th. And by the way, we've set a goal. I hope the Holy Spirit will just confirm something in your heart. The moment I say it, we've set a goal that this year we want to train 100 people in this church on how to lead another person to Christ. How to take your Bible and lead them to Christ. I'm asking you, if your child, if one of your parents, if your brother or sister, if your neighbor, if your coworker walked up to you and said, I'm ready to give my life to Christ, could you take your Bible? And say, this is what God's Word says, and this is what you need to do. Can you do that? Well, I want to tell you, before this year is out, if you want to learn how to do that, you'll learn how to do that. And again, Brother Bill, who is a gifted evangelist, will be teaching this class on Sunday morning. And so, and I, I, if you're saying, when can I get started? We will tell you. Next Sunday, you're going to hear some more information. We'll have some sign-up sheets out. And we're going, to get, we're going to begin to get people plugged in. How about this? Discovering God's truth. How many of you have been through the truth project? Hold your hand up. Man, I bet half this church has been through the truth project. What is truth according to the Word of God? Not according to the world. What is truth according to the Word of God? And we've been teaching this. I've been through it four times. And you're going to have opportunity to go through it. Uh, by the way, the, the Truth Project is a 13-week class, and we don't always use do it at the same time. We've done it many different times, homes, places, and so this is something uh, that we'll be starting soon. And, and how about this? Wouldn't this be wonderful? Discovering freedom from addiction. Did you know that the statistics between the world and the church when it comes to the number of people who are addicted to alcohol, to drugs, to pornography, to anger, to food, and, and the list goes on. Did you know that there's not much difference between the people in the church and the people in the world? Oh, and then Janice is going to be teaching this women breaking free, uh, discovering, discovering freedom. Phil Davis will be teaching the most excellent way. And we'll begin training on that on the 21st of January. I'm telling you, we're getting ready. We're making plans. 
We're excited about a new year. I could go on, but I'll just close by saying this. These are our goals. These are our dreams. This is what we are aspiring to right now. And in 2017, this church, and by the way, we're over halfway there on most of these things, that we have a fully developed pathway to spiritual maturity. And we're going to keep you informed every step of the way because we can't do this on our own. We need every member of this church involved in this process. Our second goal, you've already heard about it, train 100 people in sharing their faith. And by the way, if you already know how to lead another person to Christ and you know how to take your Bible, then you don't get included in that 100. You can go to the class if you want to, but we don't want to include you. We want to take 100 people who do not know how to lead others to Christ and train them. 100 people. We also want to train 50 mentors in this church to assist with new members. Did you know sometimes when people come into a church and join the church, do you know sometimes what their greatest need is? It's just for somebody to care. Just for somebody to listen. Just for somebody to remember their name. So we'll train 50 mentors. And then I love this goal. This is the goal we've set. To baptize 125 people in 2017. If we baptize 97 stumbling around this past year... What will happen here? 125 people. And by the way, while we're baptizing those 125, then we get them plugged in. Then we get them on a growth path. A clear pathway to spiritual growth. And then at the same time, we're taking the 97 that got saved three years ago and we're closing the door and saying, No, you're not leaving. You may be stuck, but we can help you get unstuck and get started again and get excited about your faith. Do you know what you call that? There's one word. you know what you call that? Revival. <laughs> I was excited, and now I've lost, and, and now revival. That's, what, that's where we're going. And then, I love this goal. And this is kind of a crazy goal, but you'll understand. Our goal is to see 600 people in church, in worship here on our property, at least one Sunday during 2017. And it can't be Easter. It can't be Easter. And by the way, we're not going to have a high attendance day. We're not going to say, okay, this is our high attendance day. This is the day we're going to try to hit 600. No. We want natural growth where you're bringing your friends, you're bringing family members, your co-workers, your neighbors, and we want to show up one Sunday morning and Perry Kennedy's going to walk down the aisle and he's going to hand me a note and he's going to say, we have 600 people here today and I'm going to do a holy jig up here on this stage when it happens I'm going to dance around because you know what I'll know I'll know that all this stuff that we're planning is working and by the way before anybody comes up to me after the service and I don't think you would but I'm just being cautious here before anybody comes up to me and says you know I don't think the church should be all about numbers I just want to tell you friends as long as there's one more lost person in Wakala County. It better be about numbers. We better be trying to reach people for the glory of God. We better be going after them. Jesus said He would build His church. He would add to His church daily. Friends, I don't believe He stopped building 
And I don't believe he has stopped adding. And so, by, by the way, if we hit 600, we'll just go ahead and set another goal, okay? And I believe we'll hit this very quickly. And then, just a couple more things. 2017, we have a vision to start construction on a children's worship center. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm going to give you one 2018 vision we have. 2018. One vision. And that is that we move into a fully completed, paid-for children's worship center. That we start this year, we move in by next year, and that it is paid for. Our commitment. When I say our commitment, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the staff. I'm talking about our board. I'm talking about the leadership of the church. Our commitment, our purpose, our goal, our aspirations as a church this year is to get unstuck and to get this church back on the road to explosive, miraculous, spiritual growth. Now I'm going to take about two minutes and I want to talk about you. I want to ask you to make at least one New Year's resolution. If you don't like it, commitment. Purpose in your heart. One devotion. One area where you say, I will aspire to that. One of two. And by the way, you might want to do both of these. But one of two. Here's the first one. That you would purpose in your heart that this year, you would say this, write it down somewhere. This year, I will get unstuck. I will ask the Holy Spirit to show me in my life where I'm stuck. And this will be the year I get unstuck. And I just want to tell you, in preparation for this, I have examined my own life. And I just want to tell you, I'm your pastor. I love you. I believe you love me. But I've seen, I think the Holy Spirit has pointed some areas out in my life where I'm stuck. Now, there are areas in my life where I'm growing, but there are some areas where I'm stuck. And I'm making a commitment this year. With God's help, I'm going to get unstuck. I'm asking you to make that commitment. Do do you know what the second commitment is? And by the way, and I understand, I believe this. I believe there's some of you who are so excited right now, you could jump out of your skin. That you're not stuck. You're enthused. You're committed. You're going to run up here and hug my neck after this service, and you're going to say, Pastor, thank you, you finally caught up with me. This is where I've been wanting to go for a long time. And I'm going to say thank you for being patient and waiting for me. Some of you are excited and you're not stuck. And if you're not stuck, this is the resolution I want you to make. This year, I'm all in. I will help my brothers and sisters here at River of Life to get unstuck. And by the way, I've made both of those. I've made a commitment this year I'm going to get unstuck in those areas where I'm stuck. And I'm going to commit myself as your pastor to help every member of this church who has a heart to do so to get unstuck. I'm worn out. How about you? Wow. I want to do two things. Please don't uh, hurry out the door. Uh, First of all, if you will make a commitment in one of those areas, you don't even have to tell us which one, if you will make a commitment, if you will purpose in your heart, if you will say, you know, that's something I will aspire to, to get unstuck and to help others get unstuck, would you just stand up right where you are? Just stand up. 
not trying to put anybody on the spot, but it's real simple. It's real elementary. Praise God. This is going to be a year like none other at this church. And this is going to happen fast. Thank you. Now, here's what I want to invite you to do. By the way, uh, everybody, I, and I know this is real hard and this is crazy, but we used to do this all the time. But this is just one of the sacrifices we make for being a large church. I want us to close this service on our knees. So those, well, I tell you what, sit back down just a second. I got a, I, my, brain's, my brain's not working. Very quickly, before we come to the altar and we pray, would you like to join this church? By the way, you know where we're going. If you want to join this church to receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you know you're saved and you want to join the church, just stand up and come up here with me. Thank you again for listening to this life-changing message from River of Life. If this message has touched you today or you need someone to pray with you, then please let us know. You can call us at 850-926-1200 or send an email to info at riveroflifefl.com. We also encourage you to visit River of Life this Sunday at 1030 a.m. in Crawfordville. For more information, visit us at riveroflifefl.com.